0: Hello and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org.
1: So this is Naomi and I'm talking with Debs North and I'm talking about, um, well, I'm talking about talking about relationships and sex and gender and I'm presuming all of these things with young people. And I guess I'll start off by asking you, Debs, today, um, you led a workshop today at our Pioneering with Youth and Children uh, event that we hosted today. What was your workshop about? What was the aim of your workshop?
0: Um, I guess that the aim was to encourage people that are working with children and young people and in their local communities to see uh, sex and relationships education and mental health education as part of their whole way of approaching their work um, as something to include and to be aware of, and ideally to normalise, I guess, would be my biggest thing. Um, I'm a a sex educator, so I programme it a lot, and I write resources and deliver them. Um, But I think that my main interest is enabling people to have these conversations as part of their everyday
1: interaction with other people. So you were in a room with a bunch of pioneering youth and children's workers uh, for this workshop. What was the reaction that you got from, from the people that were there? It seemed very positive,
0: very interested, wanting to get their heads around the whole range of issues. People wanted to share small bits of what they were doing and then ask how to increase it. There were a number of people asking about their own children and their own families, which I thought was really interesting that um, we, we want to know for ourselves as, as well as uh, the people that we work with that we can come to so much of this kind of work having to be the saviours and the, the knowers and the doers but actually we have our own questions in our own lives and, and that was a big part of what I was kind of saying was that we need to be vulnerable, we need to do our own work, we need to come at this from an open-handed point of view and that if there are things in us that are sore or scared then we we need to do the work of that and do the healing of that
1: pertaining to sex and relationships and, and, gender, mental and mental health and gender and and and, and when you say uh, the word uh, normalize i'm wondering if we can dig into that a little bit so what do you mean by normal do you mean normalizing conversations like making those conversations and how and how does somebody do that Yeah.
0: uh, Well, it is about, for me, normalising conversations. So as as a mother and as a youth worker and as an educator, I am in the position where I feel confident enough that if a young person or a child asks me a question about pornography or consent or body parts, that I am able to either answer it or to say, oh, I don't know, what do you think? Or, I don't know, I'll go and find out for you. Um, In the same way that I would if a child was going to ask me about mountain biking or tennis or stamp collecting, I want there to be the same level of normal and openness when I talk about bodies and relationships and bits.
1: (laughs) I mean, imagining that this doesn't happen very often in kind of church, Christian youth work settings, this kind of normalized conversations about sex, gender, relationships, mental health, or am I wrong? Does it happen more often than than I think? I don't think
0: I can intelligently speak for what happens in church youth work settings at the moment because I'm not, I don't work in church youth work settings currently and haven't done for some time. Um, I, I know that whenever there is good connected youth work of any stripe happening where young people can trust the youth workers that are involved with them, then those questions are, are ready and ripe for the asking and the answering. And it, it only takes a small scratch of the surface to get that stuff
1: what are some things that you know from your area of work that you feel like might surprise people, um, not so younger people, about what younger people are facing in terms of these areas these days? What, 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 what do you think would surprise some people to learn? Okay, so I think
0: that there are some shrill headlines about pornography, but I the older people are aware of but I still don't think they understand the extent to which pornography influences how young people see sex and relationships. So we are at the stage now where uh, pornography is kind of encultured in how young people imagine relationships, how they imagine sex and sex acts. I, I don't think... Older people maybe have a grasp on that. And and I include people my age, you know, anyone over the age of 35 probably. Um, I don't think older people have a grasp on how young people regard sexuality and gender. So the idea of sexual fluidity and gender fluidity, I think that's something that young people are incredibly comfortable and okay around obviously there is prejudice and mickey taking and nastiness but actually on a cultural level I think there's a massive shift there and that for young people um, a lot of those questions uh, go in the identity box in the same way that you might pick any part of your identity, how am I going to dress how am I going to approach the world that sexuality and gender have kind of been removed from the moral landscape somewhat and and are, are in the identity box. Um, should I keep going? Do you want more? Well, I think there's a third one, okay, probably yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the biggest one. I said this afternoon that if I could only ever teach one aspect of sex and mental health for the rest of my life, it would be consent. So I think that uh, the landscape of how we negotiate sexual relationships and sexual activity is changing very, very rapidly. Um, the consent conversation is big and broad ranging and it's new. We Ten years ago, this conversation wasn't happening and i think that it will influence all aspects of young people's lives not just the negotiations around sex but that uh, con- consent will come to affect them in all areas
1: yeah so when you say all areas so i can just under- i guess i can understand more from like yeah like sex or contact like physical contact um but are you talking about i guess consent in terms of areas like what you like asking somebody what they want to be referred to or called or or yeah or, okay
0: yeah i think uh it's it's just gonna shift the mindset in that the assumptions that we have made about how we treat people and how we behave socially uh, that that's going to take on a, a far more consensual um, colour to it, and that we will that that younger people are going to grow up making less assumptions and feeling more comfortable about asking, and more comfortable about saying and speaking into stuff. So I think that's quite exciting. Yeah. I, well, I think
1: it's very exciting. Mm. So do you think? I mean. Part of the reason, do you think that maybe older people don't talk to younger people about sex is because they don't feel like they are allowed to? Or what do you think keeps older people from talking to younger people or children ab- about sex?
0: Uh, I think that the number one concern, and this is a kind of British cultural concern, is that if you talk about it, they'll go away and do it. I think that's the, the biggest one. Uh, I think culturally... We have a very odd push and pull with sex, so we're very, very fanar-fanar and giggly about it. We grew up on uh, Viz and Carry On Films and Benny Hill, um, which were all overtly sexual and uh, giggly, but we don't hold the ability to have a proper face-to-face conversation, so... We still feel awkward about it. And then I think the third thing is that adults are aware that the sexual landscape has changed and that they're not quite sure. They don't want to look silly
1: when they talk about it. Um, So how do you talk to a young person about pornography?
0: Um, Well, if it's a casual conversation, then it will have come out of something that they've said... Um, and if it's a taught content piece of work, um, I do, I think, three or four different sessions around pornography, depending on age group. And the gist of all of them is that, This is a form of entertainment. It is not a form of education or documentary um, that we have to question it and not trust it um, and put it in its place um, and that and what some of and some of the ways that we can ask those questions and kind of like shining a light on how porn portrays women how porn portrays aggression how porn portrays consent how porn portrays safe sex how porn portrays slightly boring average sex (laughs) well it doesn't really portray slightly boring average sex um and just shining a light and enabling young people to ask questions about it and and kind of just see it for what it
1: is so in what kind of context do you give those kind of sessions you said you're not working in a church setting so is that in schools or is that in sort of private groups or Uh,
0: yeah so in schools I work entirely in schools yeah some home ed groups um and but the resources that I write are for youth workers and teachers and anyone really who is involved with young people you know I I would say that parents could could read the stuff that i write and uh and it would help them get a grasp of the landscape and feel more confident in talking about it so tell me the titles of your
1: the resources that you've produced
0: uh so pods is uh the main one and it's available on the frontier youth trust website whatever that is um and uh to follow uh, that was pods one, which is sex and relationships. There'll be a second one, which will be sexuality, gender, and identity, and then a third one, which will be mental health. Um, and the other thing that's currently available not on the Frontiers Trust website is uh, New Fight Club, which is a game mainly aimed at boys um, that uh, enables them to talk about feelings using masculine. Words, um, because I think that boys struggle to name some of their feelings because we've feminised a lot of feelings words. So it's a game that seeks to kind of open that up for them a bit. And then the other things that I do which are kind of informally printed out and sent out by me are a year six after school sex ed club and a um quiz night for parents a sex ed quiz night because we wanted to empower parents around this stuff and uh, a quiz night is the funnest way of doing it
1: yeah that's all that all sounds really good I'm not sure if it is so much in the UK but in the US at least kind of growing up in the church there was this definite like you know, purity culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm not sure actually so much in the UK, but what's your response to that kind of?
0: Well, I I do teach about it. I teach about it in terms of abstinence um, rather than purity culture. And the reason I teach about it is because if young people are looking for information online, a lot of the stuff that Google will bubble up with is from the US and and involves abstinence education. And um, because, as you say as i understand it even in uh states that teach sex ed comprehensively they still have to teach abstinence as a as a way of life and as a form of contraception and so the way i talk about it in my work is that Uh, It's important to understand that abstinence isn't considered a form of contraception in England. It's a life choice and uh, that it's part of this whole picture about uh, knowing yourself and um, working through your identity and what kind of relationship that you want to have and that you may well choose to be abstinent. I also talk about how abstinence is different from being asexual and stuff like that. So it is something that I cover, but it's not kind of part of the same cultural landscape, as you say.
1: How important is it to have these conversations, like, as pertains to mental health? In terms of sexual health as well, or just
0: generally? Um... I guess generally yeah like um so I think we are at the kind of stage where we're beginning to get over our cultural shock and panic that mental health is a thing because for a long time we were a bit outraged that that this had got us because we have a stiff upper lip going on here and how could this all sneak in the back door and and ruin the party. And I think that we are kind of getting over that hump. I think that young people are far more inclined to be able to recognise uh, mental health issues and to seek help on some level. I think that the help that is available to them is still somewhat limited. Um, and I hope that 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 can change over the next chunk of time where we can resource young people better to do things more, I don't want to say more themselves, but to do things more themselves. Yeah, that's what I want to say. That we can learn how to take care of our mental health as a community, as a, as a cultural thing, as a way of being. When someone has a cold, unless it's a really bad cold, we don't take them to the doctors. I would like depression and sadness, mild depression, mild anxiety, sadness to be the same way. That we become so able to to hold each other and to care for each other that we accept the equivalent of a cold as, you know, in our mental health, and we, we carry each other through it.
1: So um, you're not working in a church context, but if you had sort of like a big old group of, or a room full of church leaders in front of you, what would you want to say to them? What would you urge them to do in this, in this area that there's probably not enough happening with, I guess, within the church?
0: I guess that the challenge is to accept that things are not all as we would like them to be and that that rather than rail against those things or fear those things, that we draw close to them and we take the stings out of their tails and... We approach them with love and wholeheartedness and open hands and and see what the true landscape of those things are and not be afraid. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.